Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ann. Ann, uh, March 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely signs of spring. Days are longer. Mm-hmm. You still have snow out there, but it's definitely... Yeah, it's a little warmer, but mm-hmm. thank God we're through uh, January and February. Yeah, Anyways. and daylight savings time is right around the corner. Yes. <laughs> so We're almost there. All right. So we got full show today. Mm-hmm. We have three things we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so please hang around for the whole show. Uh, one of them's a rumor, so I think you may want to hear that. Yeah. Um, but let's start with... Always based in truth. Always based in truth. <laughs> well, it's a rumor. Um, so let's start with the big issue of the week. Sure. It was in the ledger. It went to Channel 5 and then Boston.com and I think QATV uh, podcast uh, mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit. Um, and of course, it's the civil service case. Yeah. Um, so let's let's read this from the ledger. This is from Mary Whitfeld. Civil service, Quincy police candidate, mayor's son didn't have a level playing field. The state civil service commission says the Quincy police department failed to ensure a level playing field when it hired the mayor's son passing over a Quincy resident who had been placed higher on the list of civil service candidates. Mm-hmm. The commission heard applicant Daniel Neenan's case this month and said the police department failed to take the necessary steps to ensure a fair and impartial review. Hiring Cornelius Koch as a police officer, even though he was lower on the civil service list than Neenan. Cornelius Koch is the son of Mayor Thomas Koch and the nephew of Quincy Police Chief Paul Keenan. And I don't like talking about kids. It's not really about him. And yeah. by all accounts, he's a great kid. All the mayor's kids are great kids. And... uh by at least two people I've talked to, he's a great police officer. So mm-hmm. um, it's not really about him. It's about something that plagued, has plagued this administration from the get-go, mm-hmm. um, mainly nepotism and cronyism, right? Yeah, and I don't think it was his choice. I don't think he gets to make the decisions that were made. Um, you know, they waited, if they waited a year, he might have been, none of this might have happened. <laughs> Right. I'll read a little more. The commission said the police department changed the number of officers it was hiring after getting the list of civil service candidates, did not make it clear to everyone involved that the mayor had appointed someone to fill his role in the usual hiring process and said those in charge of the hiring process might have been harsher on Neenan than they would have been if the mayor's son had not also been a candidate for the job. Mm-hmm. I think there's also some place where it ranks where they were on the list. Yes. Uh, civil service documents say Neenan took the civil service exam in March 2019 and scored in 86. When the city of Quincy requested the list of candidates from the state, he was tied for number 31. Coke was tied for number 32. Mm-hmm. Patricia McGowan, the city's human resource director, told the commission. Mm-hmm. Um, And in here, basically, Chris Walker, he's chief of staff, Mm -hmm. basically begs people to read the uh, commission's report. Which I did. Which I did, too. (laughs) I think a lot of people did. Not the most exciting read. but um, No. And the commissioner is Christopher Bowman, who the mayor accuses of having a problem with Quincy. But we can get into that later. Um, Well, I think there's there's justification for it because they do cite another community in Somerville, Lima versus Somerville, which something similar did happen. Right. You know, they started off with wanting to hire 18 people and they increased the number after they realized the ranking of the list to 25. Right. And that seems to be the crux of the mm-hmm. issue, right? Mm-hmm. And here's some testimony. Uh, Patricia McGowan, again, the human resource director for the city, testified that 
Chief Keenan called her on the telephone in January 2020 and verbally requested the city hire more officers, an increase from 18 to 25. Mrs. McGowan testified that Chief Keenan told her that there were more retirements than usual, so more officers were necessary to fill the gap. Mm -hmm. The city did not produce any evidence to show that there were more retirements than usual. Mm -hmm. And that's her testimony to this commission. Yeah. And it is not unusual that they increased, but it was unusual in the situation that you know, after they looked at the list and they realized the numbers that they were that they were up against, then they went back and increased it. And that's what Lima versus Somerville actually kind of highlights as well. So after they got that list back, mm -hmm. uh, the mayor's son was 19? He was, um, after they went through the the hiring process, he went from 32 down to 19 and right. he was hired. So even if they, if they had never increased the list from 18 to 25, he wouldn't have been hired. He wouldn't have been hired. He wouldn't have been hired. And that's kind of, that's another part of the story is like, because they increased the list, they gave him a better opportunity to get hired. But had they that he waited maybe to the next hiring process and just did it the, you know, without doing anything special for it, he probably would have been hired yeah. as well. But Mr. Neenan would have been hired. No, not necessarily, because he I mean the But the, he was higher on the list. I he guess. was higher on the list. So so what happened there is that he was he was not hired because of some discrepancies in his application. So they do have to go through a background check and different things. And he had applied for um, I think he applied for a state position. And one of the questions that they do ask you is if you've ever been disciplined or fired or, you know, different things. And, and they were basically basing it off of his testimony for that. You're saying that he was dishonest in some of his responses, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, let's take a step back. Mr. Neenan is a Quincy resident, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. A 2006 graduate, I believe, of Quincy High. Yeah. Um, not a lifelong resident, but he graduated okay. from Quincy Public Schools. It's a knock against you. It is a knock against <laughs> Unfortunately, it is a knock against you, but shouldn't be. He graduated from Curry College in 2010 with a degree in criminal justice and a minor in politics and history. Mm -hmm. um, he was also a member of the Criminal Justice Honor Society at Curry College. So he has the right background anyways, right? He has the right background. And I think it was based off of a job. Uh, it was a bouncer job that he took when he was in college in 2010. And there was some miscommunications as to whether or not he was supposed to work on New Year's Eve. He asked for the night off, but they had him on the schedule. Right. And that's where the termination piece comes into play. But in the testimony of the civil service case, the former employer. employer, I think it's JC Boston Entertainment or something like that, yeah. basically said that there's no written document saying that he was ever terminated from the position. It right. was... Um, and that he would hire him back if he had ever reapplied. Yep. So, you know, and, and that's where the civil service case says that those are the types of things that they may, you know, you may, you have you have the opportunity to kind of like hear out the situation as to what's yeah. happening and maybe be judged a little bit differently. And Mr. Nina also thought they were really looking for seven years history and mm -hmm. that it happened prior. So he didn't put it on, even though it specifically didn't yeah. say that on that question, I guess. Yeah, it's it's an easy way. For, when I was reading it, I was like, I could see that. Yeah, something that's that can be misinterpreted. But and he was a kid. What happened? Um, yeah, what happened? But, but you know, the situation it, it just continues to go on as a documented. But in either case, the the question in the civil service was, I think, to Miss Gowan. Okay, so if they didn't change it from eighteen to twenty five, would the would have the mayor's son have been? Um, on the list, and the answer was no, he wouldn't have been hired because they had to change up to 25 to get him hired as the number 19th candidate. About the state police, uh, I guess he applied for the state police mm -hmm. and, and didn't get one job or something in 2016 and then applied in 2019 and, and didn't divulge that. Maybe? Yeah, I think it, I think what that happened was at the same time he was waiting for the answer yeah, back so he from didn't the state police. Answer. He didn't know the answer back from that as to whether or not he'd been hired. And one of the things that they do do um, when they're, they're going through the hiring process is they do do, I think it was Officer Duran. Duran was doing the background check. 
which they do on all of the candidates that are being hired because they want to make sure that they're hired. A lot of times from that list, you'll, you'll knock a few people off because they, they go through the hiring process to make sure all your background checks are, are being made. And he went to the state police to do some background checks on him. I think that's where they found out maybe there were some discrepancies in what he divulged in that. Yeah, and says Sergeant, Sergeant Duran did not contact anyone from the Boston restaurant regarding the reasons for Mr. Neen's separation from employment ten uh-huh. years. Where they might have, if you know, if there was, if there was, you know, if if this, this such circumstances were differently, who knows? Yeah, and JC, the, the owner of the nightclub, said uh, he recalls the applicant applicant was a good employee who was eligible for rehire. So I guess around this time, before the investigation, of course, when the when. Cornelius was up for the job. The mayor recused himself, and mm-hmm. so did Chief Keenan, right? And, yeah. the, and they hired an outside advisor, attorney Daniel Bennett. Uh, which is all perfect. I mean, I think that actually does fall in line with the steps that they should do. So. Yeah, which is the secret, former Secretary of Public Safety and Security, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, yeah. But there is um, something about that. I guess there were two two interviews or two meetings, right? Two roundtables. Two roundtables, yeah. and, and Mr. Bennett only went to one. And more more interesting that who was at those roundtables, right? So the one that he went to. Right. So, um, yeah, it says here, the roundtable discussion relative to Mr. Neenan's candidacy was held on February 5th, 2020. Participants of that discussion included Attorney Bennett and the following officials who report directly to the mayor, the mayor's chief of staff, the mayor's director of operations, and the mayor's human resource director. Other participants at the February roundtable were Sergeant Duran and one other police sergeant and other officers on the investigation team, including Officer Keenan, the mayor's nephew. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that's the chief's son. I believe so, Yeah. But what wasn't disclosed at that roundtable was what Mr. Bennett was doing there and who he was standing in for. They were unclear why he was there, even the sergeant. In the report, too. In the report, too. Yeah. Yeah. The sergeant wasn't um, wasn't aware what Mr. Bennett's role was in the process. He thought he was just there to, to observe, I think. Right. And he was actually there as the stand-in for the mayor. So if we skip ahead, because I know we have other things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So in reaching this decision, the commission uh, based it based their decision, right, mm-hmm. on some previous cases. And they put here analysis. Here we presented with the dilemma of trying to balance what standing alone may be valid reasons for bypassing the appellant for appointment as a police officer against the compromise review process. This is not new ground for the commission. And they cite some cases. Um, and then they say, finally, in a case similar to the instant appeal, Lima versus City of Somerville. Mm-hmm. The commission overturned the bypass of a candidate due to a compromise review process, even though, as here, meaning the Quincy case, the reasons for bypass standing alone may have been valid reasons for bypassing the candidate for appointment. In Lima, the Somerville case, after the name of the personnel director's nephew was not among those recommended to fill 15 reserve firefighter slots, the personnel director and the mayor had a discussion about going further down the certification, notwithstanding many other factors suggesting that the scales were tipped in favor of the personnel director's nephew. The city argued that it had responsible justification to bypass Lima based on what they ultimately called their grave concerns about various negative issues. Ultimately, the commission, in choosing to overturn Lima's bypass, concluded in the relevant part. The lack of a level playing field here makes it difficult at best to determine whether the city would have viewed Mr. Lima's background and answers in a different lens 
if he, like other lower-ranked candidates, had strong familial familial connections to city employees. For example, would the interview panel have given more weight to the fact that Mr. Lemer had filed a claim for workers' compensation before drawing negative, negative conclusions about his time and attendance if his father was the district fire chief of the city? Would they have given more weight to the fact that he was at least for some period of time out of work when evaluating his credit history if his father was building inspector for the city? Finally, would they have accepted what at least to me appeared to be his sincere statement that he had never disobeyed an order during his long career in public safety before concluding that they had grave concerns about his ability to follow the chain of command if his brother was a firefighter for the city. I mean, that's where they kind of, that's what the, the civil service is going to go back and look at other cases to see if they're similar. And unfortunately, in this particular case, it looks very similar where we originally start with 18 candidates. And then after we realize how the list looks, we go back and we increase the list to 25. And then in the final recommendation, the 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 son of the mayor is number 19. And he probably wouldn't have been hired in that situation if we stayed at 18. It's just, it, the whole thing is very unfortunate. And, you know, basically being a little bit more tightened up about the way they were processing this right. probably would have it would have been better. And yeah. it's, you know, this is a young police officer whose name is in the paper right now. Yeah. And so then in this decision, first in October 2019, the city requested a certification from the Human Resources Department to fill 18 vacancies mm -hmm. in the city's department. After receiving that certification and after learning that the mayor's son was ranked 32nd among those willing to accept appointment, the city's mayor and police chief met shortly thereafter and decided to increase the number of vacancies to be filled to 25, increasing the probability that the mayor's son, the police chief's nephew, would be appointed as a police officer. Mm -hmm. In fact, as confirmed by the city's personnel director, the mayor's son, who was the 19th candidate ultimately appointed, would not have been selected but for this consequential decision by the city's mayor and police chief. Yeah. So even though they stepped out of it, they're still involved in it. Yes. And that's the unfortunate. I mean, this is this is this is this is the reason why there's civil service reviews and, and this appellant, this person who felt like he might have been passed over, had a reason to be able to go yeah. and, and have this reviewed. And this is their opinion. And this um, is an important part. Mm -hmm. As part of this proceeding, the city was given ample opportunity to provide evidence documenting how and why this decision was made at the time. In response, the city informed the commission that the decision was not documented either internally or with the Human Resources Department. Rather, the city's Human Resources Director was verbally informed by the police chief of this decision, and the request was then made verbally to the Human Resources Department. Mm -hmm. In regard to why the decision was made, the city submitted an affidavit from the city's human resource director citing the police chief's projection that more vacancies were imminent due to possible retirements. It's this possible, possible retirements. Due to possible retirements. This would have been more persuasive if the initial request to fill 18 vacancies had not been made only weeks earlier. Yeah. So we didn't write this. We didn't create the case. Right. We didn't create the articles. But we were told um, by the chief of staff, you know, begging us, anybody that was reading the paper, to go read it. And we read it. Yep. And I know on Channel 5, it seems like the administration is quite upset. Uh, yeah. Mr. Walker has a, a quote in here. Mm -hmm. He says, this ruling is just utterly unfair and littered with factual inaccuracies. Mm -hmm. It's hard to read this as anything but a commission willing itself to see some kind of exciting, salacious case of favoritism without any evidence to support it, Walker said. 
It muddies the water enough to create a headline while the facts support a fair, honest, and transparent process. The ruling wants to say that the mayor's son was appointed because someone else was bypassed, but it can't do that because the record is obvious that it did not happen that way. Had no one been bypassed, the, the mayor's son would still be a police officer today. Or if they waited a year and he died next year and he was higher on the list and made the number of recommended people that need to be hired, he'd be a mayor. He'd be a police officer today, too. Right. And then on QA TV, uh, Joe Catalano's podcast, uh, Joe asked the mayor if he wanted to talk about it, and he did. He said the candidate was bypassed based on his untruthfulness. Mm-hmm. He was bypassed by the state police for the same process. And they followed the law, the Ethics Commission. They had put in the right paperwork, got out of the process, and hired the former Public Safety Commission from the state of Massachusetts. Except for they didn't tell anybody that was in that circle. <laughs> they were bringing them in. Yeah. And then he went went ahead to say number number of the items were not factual, including his score as an 86, because it's a 96. So a number of errors. Um, and he went on to say Chairman Bowman seems to have an issue with Quincy. He feels bad for his son. And uh, they will be responding to Mr. Bowman with some of his suggested allegations and try to straighten that away. Yeah. So but this is this is this is a fact, right? So we don't, this administration doesn't like to be told they're wrong about anything or the, the way that they, the way this could have been handled in a little bit more dignified way would be, you know, you know, we'll, we recognize some of the issues that we had. And certainly I think they, I think in that podcast with um, Joe Catalano, the mayor said Mr. Neenan is on the next round and will be considered for the next round of police officers, or maybe they just didn't increase the list and, and they just did it the right way. And you wait a year and then your son becomes a police officer without any marks on them because yeah. Unfortunately, what, you know, what made this, what makes this in the paper is that it isn't the actions of the, the candidate, it was the actions of the people who were supposed to be stepping out of it, the chief and the mayor. Right. And they've been ordered to put um, Mr. Nina at the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. They've been ordered yeah. to put him at the top of the list. But, you know, okay. I don't, I'm, it'll be interesting to see how that works out too. I wanted to, I'm doing over my notes, but Mayor Koch said there was a bunch of factual errors, but he, he only cites this one where, where they Gave the kid an 86 instead of a 96. I'd like to know what the other factual Yeah, what are the other factual errors? I just read a bunch of things that are facts. So why don't we talk about those? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe there is an email that says, here's the documents that prove that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) It's very convenient, you know, and and they're not they're not reading. They're not reading the full report like we just did. And they're not going over. We didn't read the full report. No, but but we read we read. I read the full report. Yeah, I mean, we read we read to the the our show is not long enough for you. I I meant we read it on our own, Kevin. Okay, Ian, are you ready? To um, change the subject, yes. Are you, are you ready for a rumor? <laughs> oh, my goodness, rumors. Yes. Yes. States, and, and, but they're partly facts. <laughs> I don't know where to start with this, this listener mail or just get into it. I think we should just, let's, we should probably just talk a little bit about the fact that there, this is about what I would call the, the Adams Corridor. Is what we're calling it, I guess. I guess they call it the Adams Corridor. They're calling it the Adams Corridor. So that would be from the Adams Academy all the way down to Planet Everything's Fitness. a corridor. Everything's a corridor. So basically, they took two buildings um, out of CPA monies to for historic preservation. Right. I'm not sure what the historic preservation was. And they created a parking lot. There's a parking lot there That's now. next door to the Adams Academy. That, that there probably shouldn't be there because it's... The CPA specifies historic purposes. I don't know if a parking lot is historic. I don't think so. But you and know, it's plowed during the snow and nobody parks there. <laughs> nobody parks. But <laughs> but it was created, and I think probably eventually the 
maybe the city hall employees will be parking there when something else happens. Who knows? But that's that's rumor. <laughs> but the but it's basically meant for what's supposedly coming down the line, which is the presidential library. Right. And um, and I know that they. I think we found when we were just kind of doing some investigation, we we know that they went out for RFP, so requests for proposals, um, back in December of. Um, 2021? December 8th, they went for a uh, request for a proposal for a design consultant for the President's Museum. Mm -hmm. So we're moving ahead with that. And they have eight uh, vendors who mm -hmm. submitted. Uh, I checked out all of them. Uh, they're they're pretty big, pretty well known, do, do projects all over the country. Mm -hmm. So um, that was December 8th. So you can um, bet that they, they're planning some pretty... So there's no funding. It hasn't come before city council, but they do. They did acquire two of those properties, and I'm not sure where the Adams Academy stands. I know they were taken up by eminent domain, but I don't think that's completed yet. Okay. And but I, here's the new rumor, right? Oh, yeah. Here's the. But one other thing, just one other oh. thing, just one last update. They have not, and as far as I know, have not moved any further closer to getting the books. Right. The the books from the, that John Adams. Or John Quincy, I can't remember, at this point, I can't remember, but Both, I mean. they, they're, they're personal books, they're personal reading preferences at the time. They do not yeah, have they're not books. books they wrote. They're not books they wrote. They're just books they... Maybe it, wrote in the margin. But they don't, they're not any closer to obtaining those books. Right. Um, so, so we don't have the books. As far as I know, they don't have the Adams Academy yet. But... But the, the city now wants to take the dermatologist building. Mm -hmm. And I heard... And I heard... That Planet Fitness yes. is going to be developed. Yes. And <laughs> so, so we just joined. So they want to take those two properties for this museum. Where are we um, going to work out? Planet Fitness will be some kind of bus turnaround because there'll be droves of people coming in to read the margins of books. That we don't have. That John Adams owned. Yeah. <laughs> Which world? Well, I don't know what, what's going on. Yeah. So, so that is the rumor is that, that well, it was a letter that we received in, but, the, yeah. but the, we had heard the rumor that the, the plant of fitness is, is um, going to be developed yeah. into a bus turnaround or something like that. But, you know, who knows? And the, and or I potentially heard, a hotel. I heard a hotel too. Oh, and another rumor is possibly move the parking from uh, like the plant of fitness side to the, to the Freedom Park side and build the thing over it and make the park on the Adam Street side. Yeah. Well, there's lots of rumors, but we do know for a fact that the RFQ went out and we do we do know that they are moving ahead with the Presidential Museum in that stance. And um, and from what I understand, I heard that it is, um, you know, Mayor Koch is looking to build his legacy. Yeah. Well, this is crazy talk. Yeah. I don't know. And I know a lot of councilors approved the CBA money, but. I did not. <laughs> I, I know you did not, but. Again, I, mean, I did not because it didn't, didn't meet the criteria of what they're supposed to use how, it for. How can they even entertain this? I don't understand. I don't know. But it's not back before us. But this is another one of those examples. But they're going to go ahead and hire one of these big firms well, to, the, to design everything. I don't know. Even though they already designed it, they, I guess. Yes, they, they already spent some money on that as well. The interesting thing is that, you know, just this is what's really interesting. You know, it's too bad that we can't have a forensic auditor, auditor for the city of Quincy's um, books because... Quite honestly, there's obviously a lot of money being spent that none of us know where it's being spent, Kevin. <laughs> right. Because your retirement board had to hire a forensic auditor. Maybe we should hire one on the, on the city side as well. Yeah. So, Ian, do you know what time it is? Is it that time already, Kevin? Is yeah. it listener's meal time? All right. 
So this is the letter that I was I was talking about with the rumor. Uh, Dear Anne, I do not want to see Dr. McCarthy being driven out of her building of many years. She has taken care of countless patients over the years and continues to do so. The McCarthy doctors are very respected in the city. We are hearing that there is a plan to take property on Adams Street by eminent domain in order to build a park in Quincy Square using COVID money. COVID money. Well, that would mean, I, well, you still can't, I don't believe they can take it by eminent domain without coming to the city council. They purchased a bunch of buildings already without yeah. coming to us, but eminent, it's friendly takings, so. Okay. If this comes to pass, a doctor's office, which has been established there for over 60 years, I thought it was 70, you know? I, I just know um, it's been a long time. Employing people in, and here's something that you don't hear a lot about, paying taxes <laughs> to the city will leave Quincy. Does the city really need another park? Could not the COVID money be put to better use, improving ventilation in school buildings, finishing the new police station, building the animal shelter, or something else that would benefit all citizens? I think the city has three years to use the money. Thanks very much, Carl. So the thing about that is, it's a it was a rumor we heard, and then we got we got this wonderful letter that kind of like wow, <laughs> it's not a rumor. But but what's sad about that is we have a million projects that are going on in Quincy. I mean, we have we we have not heard anything back. We know that the prices are escalating on the public safety headquarters. We have the land that they purchased for the fire headquarters. We have um, the Maritime Center that hasn't hasn't moved ahead. We have the um, we have the animal shelter that has not been not been completed. We have downtown the LDA that's not actually going to be delivering what we expected it to. But what will we? So what do we do? We'll just make the Adams Corridor our public. Let's go. We'll pay attention to that over yeah. there. Don't take your eyes off the bowl, because <laughs> you know how I come home. The Grove Street Corridor. <laughs> you turn into the Farrader Quarter. <laughs> you turn into the Farrader Valley, but once you get by the seven levels of the Candy Cane Forest. <laughs> we could turn into that. <laughs> um, okay, okay. the second one um, has to do with snow removal. Mm-hmm. Hello, yesterday morning I drove by Kilroy Square and saw what appeared to be a snow melting machine being used to help clear snow from that area. A few minutes later, I was driving home along Quarry Street and saw that none of the sidewalks on Quarry Street that abut City of Quincy owned properties had been cleared of snow. This includes the land where the dog park and the communications antenna are situated, the park basketball court on the corner of Quarry and Smith Streets, and the soccer fields at the top of the hill on Quarry Street. Because of the snow on the sidewalks, anyone walking on Quarry Street has two options, walk through the snow and ice, walk in the street or cross to the other side of the street and walk on the sidewalks that homeowners and or businesses have cleared of ice and snow. At the Smith and Quarry location, the options across the street for a cleared sidewalk do not exist. Although the sidewalk at the soccer fields are not cleared, the parking lot for the soccer fields has been plowed by the city of Quincy truck after every snowstorm this winter. Why? The fields are not being used at this time. I am not suggesting the snow melting machine be used to clear these sidewalks, but I think the residents of the Quarry Street neighborhood deserve better mm-hmm. every winter, every snowstorm. And that's uh, from Bill. Yeah. And I agree with him. I, um, you know, coming home from Star Market, mm-hmm. when there's snow, there are people in the street and they don't, they don't clear the sidewalk. And there are plenty of people in those new apartments mm-hmm. that walk to Star Market, well, we walk want, to the T. Yeah, we want to say we're a walkable city. 
Yeah. But, you know, and so, these and this is this is public property. This is the city's property that they're not they're not plowing or taking care of. And this is a big complaint that I have all the time is that if you right after a snowstorm, if you go down to Quincy Center, the snow is completely cleared. Everything is yeah. you know, everything's cleared. The piles are gone and um, immediately. And the, there's extra help for Quincy Center, but you know, but what the rest of the city is not getting that special treatment. And right. why would they? We hired extra people to take care of Quincy Center. And just a Kevin Mahoney safety tip. If you're going to walk in the street, don't dress all in black. It's very dangerous. <laughs> no, it is. And it's very scary. I mean, we've, we've both witnessed that. And, you know, when I got that that email, I was I, I talked to Bill and I, I basically said we would follow up on the, those types of things. But it's very upsetting. And Sometimes I've, I've also talked to other people in other parts of the, the city in regards to things with about about sidewalks not being cleared, and you know they they get told to call every other department. It's it's very hard to get somebody to kind of listen to a constituent to um to get those things resolved. And yeah, so, I mean, it's frustrating. I think in general the city does a good job plowing and stuff. But, I think they but do a great I think, job. I think Quarry Street they need even if those sidewalks parts of those sidewalks aren't there's there's plenty of people walking and just. They're, like you said, they have they're clearing everything else. Just run one of those new machines up the sidewalk. Oh, or they something. can't take them out of Quincy. I, I think <laughs> I think those new machines are like the the carriages at Star Market. They don't leave uh, the parking lot. Uh, they have the little things on the wheels. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're not allowed to leave the, the Quincy Center. It's unfortunate, but you know these are things that we have to really take as counselors. We have to really push back on and say, how are we taking care of those things? I've never seen the ice melting machine or the snow melting machine. I've seen them in places, yeah. but that's interesting. I don't think it's something the city of Quincy owns, but. You know, again, who's paying for that? Yep. Um, so I think that does it. We'll, we'll do a, a short show tomorrow, maybe. So that does it this week on... City Limits. Thanks, everybody. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye-bye.